Hello and Happy New Year from the Irish Football Fans Podcast. Uh, I'm Joseph McCarthy of Irish Abroad and I'm joined again by Mark Kennedy of Hawkeye Psychic and Philip Vanagan from the bottom is Pit of Football. How's the new year going for you so far, lads? Oh, still alive anyway, Joe. The oh. Name of the game at, the, at this stage. How are you, lads? How's things? All good? Nice and peaceful? Stuff. We hadn't planned on recording a new episode of the podcast until a little bit closer to, to the two qualifiers and the friendly that are currently scheduled for March and what squads Stephen Kenny was going to pick, the reaction to the squad he actually ends up picking and previewing the games and then a reaction to the results. After the third round of the FA Cup last weekend, when a number of promising Irish players made their senior debuts for their respective clubs, we had discussed talking about that. But it was the second uh, exit from Stephen Kenny's coaching staff in a very short period of time that we're going to discuss on the show. Damien Duff told the manager that he was going to step down from his coaching position just after the new year. And this week, Alan Kelly has stepped aside. Both resignations uh, seem to be linked to the infamous video that was shown to the team before the friendly against England in November, which came shortly after David McGoldrick had decided to announce his international retirement. Now, in our review of the games in November and in our end of year review in December, we did note that you know a lot of things have happened to the team in a very short period of time. And that's before we even get on to the results themselves. Players retiring from international football, that happens. A coach steps aside from a, a management team, well, that happens. And a second coach steps aside from a management team, that happens a little less often. And for all three of these to happen in such a short period of time, plus the controversy of the video itself, is there something more going on with the senior international men's side? And... How is it going to affect the manager, the players, and even the fans' opinion of the team? Uh, Mark, if I could start with you, what, what was your reaction to Alan Kelly's announcement during the week? Again, yeah, like the Damien Duff one, the rumours had circulated. But for Alan, from Alan Kelly, Alan has given tremendous service to Republic of Ireland as a player, but also as a coach. Very experienced uh, goalkeeping coach, you know, an awful lot of experience in that backroom staff for like likes of Stephen Kenny. Now, obviously, Wembley Gate. Uh, had a factor, but he has also cited health concerns, particularly with COVID-19. He did um, not travel with the team this season as well, so I'd imagine Stephen Kenny tried to persuade Alan to stay on, stay in, but I think Alan was a bit irked by the Irish media as well, particularly with that accusation of leaks in the camp and his name being some way associated and bandied with it. That clearly irked him. And, you know, given some of the dressing rooms that Alan Kelly has been in before, I think that particularly might have been the one that really kind of got to him. That just that relationship, that trust, that integrity part between him, the FAI, and also kind of the Irish media as well. It may, I think, have been the deciding factor here. I don't think there was anything to do with the performance on the pitch or anything like that, per se. But I think there was just that trust issue, I think, with Alan Kelly more so, and also the health reasons. Again, it's disappointing 
but I think there's some candidates out there that will fill the void. But I think his experience would have stood to Stephen Kenny, particularly at the start of the World Cup qualification. Again, it's horrible timing. We're less than 10 weeks out from World Cup qualification campaign. So, disappointed. But again, you have to respect Alan Kelly's decision. He owes nothing to the jersey and the managerial backroom experience that he's given. But it leaves a bit of a sore taste in the mouth. We have to remember that being part of Stephen Kenny's backroom team wasn't his first time working as an international goalkeeping coach for Ireland. He's worked under previous managers and none of us were really surprised when he continued in that vein under Stephen Kenny. Phil, what did you think when Alan Kelly announced uh, that he was stepping aside and how do you think the, the other issues that occurred towards the end of last year contributed to it? Well, the, I think the video was the main reason that he stepped aside. I know he cited he has asthma and that and he didn't travel for the Bulgaria game, um, which he actually, that was announced through a statement. He didn't actually, Kenny didn't actually know about that. He had no advanced knowledge of it. I'm just reading here in a piece in the examiner. So I think the, the one and only reason he has left is because of the video. I think whoever leaked the video is still within the walls of the FAI, be it, was it a player or was it a member of the backroom team or was it someone else? The only reason the video could have been leaked, which we talked about in one of the last pods, is to undermine Stephen Kenny. And I think... That's what it's done. And I think Alan Kelly is probably thinking, do you know what? It's not worth the hassle. Maybe he's thinking, this isn't going anywhere. And he, with everything going on with the pandemic, he has his own full-time job with everything. It's not going anywhere. He's as well to jump off the ship now before it sinks. That's the kind of feeling I get from it. Like he's had a, He had a big falling out with Damien Duff over this video. Alan Kelly didn't agree with the video. Duff did. They're your two senior coaches and only Keith Andrews as well but that's a big difference and if you're having an argument over that you're not coming back from it ultimately I think the video is a bad idea which I've said before I think there was a 20 minute monologue after it from Stephen Kenny I just think it made him look unprofessional and I think if you're Alan Kelly as Mark and you have stated you've been around the block you're a senior pro you're working with Ancelotti at Everton you've worked with a lot of great managers you're used to some sort of professionalism I don't know whether you've seen anything like that before. Definitely not in the Irish setup. So I think he obviously didn't agree with it. And he he was looking for a reason to leave and he's gone now. And while I think it's not the end of the world that we've lost a goalkeeping coach, Mark is correct. We've lost the, the most senior member of our coaching staff. And while nobody will be talking about him otherwise, it's, it's just another problem for Stephen Kenny that we didn't need. Hopefully it all blows over. They get someone in soon and it's forgotten about, but it just looks like it's just another little knock at them. And you still have the person that released that video to the press in there. So it's not a great situation for Stephen Kenny to be in at the moment, really. It's an additional headache that he really did need ahead of the biggest game of his his time in charge so far, away to Serbia in March. He now has to replace two members of his coaching staff and you know a goalkeeping coach is a specialized uh, coaching position there hasn't been any names linked with it yet and it, it could even be the squad announcement in march before we find out who's re- replaced him mark kennedy um who has been slowly building a coaching reputation in england and lee carsley 
have both been linked with Damien Duff's position. Personally, I think Kennedy is slightly more likely uh, of the two. Lee Carsley seems to be pretty well embedded in the England national team setup at the moment. So it just remains to be seen who um, who Stephen Kenny decides to bring in. His former goalkeeper at Dundalk, Dave Rogers, has also been mentioned, but he has a position with the, I believe, the Mead GAA team now. Is that correct, Mark? I believe it is, yeah. Yeah. So whether or not he can be tempted to leave that position so soon after taking it to work with the national side is something that remains to be seen. Like I said, each of these events happens to teams all the time. Players retire, coaches decide to step down for various reasons, and something that a manager attempts to boost morale blows up in his face. But this has all happened... In a little under two and a half months and I think it's symptoms of a bigger problem within the FEI and within the international management setup at the moment and it could be a while before the full details come out it probably won't know what really did happen until after Stephen Kenny has stepped aside as international manager and it's not something that the fans want to see we want to see the, the team being run well. We want to see the VI being run well. But obviously what we've learned in the last 12 months is that that hasn't been happening for the last 20 years. And I think it's, it's just something else that's going to chip away at the support for the national side, even before a ball is kicked. Like, Mark, do you have any thoughts on who you'd like to see working with the, the national team now? I suppose I'll throw a few names out there, goalkeeping-wise. I suppose uh, from will the FAI look to hire or promote from within, and if that is the case, I believe Dan Connor is the under twenty one goalkeeping coach, isn't he? So he may be in prime position to land that uh, role. But I'll call out a few other guys who I think Dean Cody is doing per job at Crystal Palace at the moment as goalkeeping coach. He's been appointed there since twenty eighteen. Uh, Great. Uh, you know, the distribution from Palace from the back has been pretty impressive the last two seasons. I think, no coincidence, that Dean Cody was a good footballer himself in the goal. That might be kind of a shrewd, maybe a stupid move. Um, now, we also have probably like Shea Given as well. Would there be kind of a part-time kind of angle to the goalkeeping coach um, here as well? But um, yeah, and then as regards Damien Duff, Again, John O'Shea is part of the under-21 setup as well, isn't he? Just getting easy way with badges. I don't know if it's a bit too soon for him, but he'd be a natural leader. I don't know if he's kind of still kind of semi-associated with the playing group right now, but a guy that would instantly gain respect and credibility within that national team dressing room has seen it, done it. Um, so he might be kind of an outside tip. I think Lee Carsley's a professional. You know, his coaching credentials are there for everyone to see. So, yeah, it's interesting. I, I just with those two departures, I'd wish it happened before Christmas, you know, after the Bulgaria game, have some concerted kind of discussion with the two guys. Uh, if they're going to make up their mind, they hadn't made up their mind before Christmas just to make it and then literally make the new year afresh. I just feel that the FAI just left this to drag a bit and, you know, forcing poor old Stephen Kenny into a bit of a corner again. So, uh, but to your point, I think there's several candidates. I think it's FAI as well have to be shrewd. In terms of this, they can't be kind of you know looking at the the pennies here. They need to get the best coaches in here 
because the, the, the squad is in a low ebb at the moment. Phil, if we're just moving away from the replacement talk for a second, um, what difference do you think Damien Duff made to the, the national side? You know, he, he wasn't part of Kenny's team when he was with the under-21s, and he was brought in from Celtic when he took over the, the senior job uh, almost a year ago now in April 2020. He seems to have been uh, highly thought of at Celtic and was a big part of their success in the last few seasons since uh, Neil Lennon took charge again at Celtic Park. And maybe their their faults and failings or some of their faults and failings this year can be attributed to him not being part of the coaching setup there. He's going to return to his position as coach of the Shelburne under-17s. But what difference do you think he made to the national setup in his time there? And how difficult are they going to find it without him? We won't know really what difference he made because we're not going to see the fruits of his labour. And even then, he probably didn't really get started into what he wanted to do with Kenny due to the pandemic and the nature of the the squads changing every day. So they had eight games, so they probably had like maybe two training sessions per game. You could say they probably had a maximum of about 20 training sessions. But literally for every training session, it was a, a new group of players every time. It was nearly a new 11 every time because the personnel was changing so much. So we're, I, I don't think we'll really ever get to see what Damien Duff brought to the squad on the pitch because he's gone now and whatever chance he had of maybe getting a good run with a, a maybe a solid 15 or 16 players is gone because that was going to come in March. So we don't know. But like it's clear from the value Celtic put on him. Celtic really didn't want him to leave. Apparently, he, he was very hands-on when it came to the actual coaching and the drills and taking training sessions. Like Neil Lennon isn't a coach. Neil Lennon is a manager. Neil Lennon would, would barely ever take a coaching session at Celtic. I don't even know is he doing it now. So that was Damien Duff's baby. He was looking after that. And I think Duff is, he was a good mix of maybe a modern day football coach or manager, what you see now, and kind of the old school. Duff is very direct. He says what he thinks. He doesn't pull his punches. But at the same time, instead of totally being like, being single-minded like that, he, he he's technically very good as well. So it was kind of the perfect foil. And like, He's a loss if we don't replace him with someone as good. And you know, Lee Carsley would be great. Jesus, the FA, the FA love him. He's he's, under, he's in charge of the under twenties, isn't he? And he's he's looking after the anything between eighteen and twenty over there as well. They're not going to let him go. He wouldn't leave that job anyway. I'd say for for an assistant coach coaching role with the Irish senior team. I couldn't imagine. So while we won't get to see the the actual fruits of Duff's labour. On the pitch, he's still a loss. And I think the other thing about this whole thing is, not to go on too long, but it's not a closed and shut case. This is still very open-ended, as you were saying. We don't know what happened fully. And if Duff, Duff didn't mind the video, Kelly did mind the video, they had a clash. But surely if Kelly was leaving, Duff would have known and he might have stayed. So that obviously couldn't be the reason. I'm just speculating. That probably isn't the reason why Duff left. So there's a question over why Damien Duff has left, and we won't know unless he takes a job soon why that is. 
So I think that the whole thing is a bit open-ended still. It, it, there's no closure on it. What do you think his long-term ambitions of, as a coach are? I mean, I don't think he's going to stay with Shelburne under-17s until he retires from football. Could we see him in the League of Ireland or will he make uh, another move to England or maybe take a leaf out of someone like Ronan Agar's books and go further afield to MLS or he did have a, a short spell in the, the A-League in Australia. Um, maybe he could you know, continue his coaching education uh, in the Southern Hemisphere. So I think he's got he's got good stock in the fact that he was well-respected and well-liked at Celtic. And Celtic are a big club. They're a European club. They play in European competition. But as Mark alluded to when we were talking to each other before we came on and a few days ago, he is he is a bit flaky in the fact that he doesn't stay around too long in his coaching jobs. So that might stand against him. I It wouldn't surprise me if he got an offer for uh, as a number two in, in, say, the championship at that level. I wouldn't expect him to go further afield. I think um, like he's a keen coach. He's driven. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him with a championship team even this year. And I think he could kick on from there. Okay, so there's a, a lot to ponder for Stephen Kenny before he even picks his team to face Serbia, Luxembourg and Qatar in March. And as we mentioned at the, the start of the episode, there's a couple of players that made their senior debuts in the FA Cup third round in, in England. Highly rated derby players, Festi Evoselli and Ola Ibrahim both came on uh, as late substitutes in their 2-0 loss to Chorley. Alex Gilbert, who left uh, West Brom last summer, came on for his debut for Brentford. And uh, north of the border in Scotland, Armstrong Okaflex came off the bench for his first appearance for Celtic senior team after making two appearances for their under-20 side in the Scottish Challenge Cup last season. But I think it's uh, another player who's might probably the most interesting, and that's Odubico uh, of West Ham. He was with Manchester United in the academy at Old Trafford until a year ago when he decided to uh, move to West Ham and is now in the running to make his league debut. Mark, if we look further afield, uh, John Joe Finn is still uh, making regular appearances for Getafe in La Liga in Spain. Could we see any of these called into Stephen Kenny's squad in March? Yeah, it's an interesting one. It was great to see so many of the the young kids uh, getting run outs, particularly in the FA Cup third round. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, I'm not quite sure, Joel, to be honest, um, uh, regarding like these have all massive, these guys have all massive potential. Yeah, it, it will be very interesting to see, you know, if any of them emerge. I don't think so. I think the pressure stakes are pretty high for Stephen Kenny to get a good start. And just for just consistency purposes, I don't think the squad is going to change a whole pile, to be honest. That would be just my viewpoint on it. But hopefully these guys can get more extended game time as we get into the season. And, you know, with the pandemic, players are seem to be increasingly testing positive COVID, unfortunately, may open the door for one or two of them to really kind of get more game time. The only thing I would say up in Scotland as well, St. Mirren, you know, Jim Godwin, an awful lot of Irish contingent there. There's been an awful lot of key results there in the last two and a half, three months. There in October, Jim Godwin probably was looking over his shoulder a little bit. They've gone on a superb run. Jimmy McGrath has really kind of stepped up to the plate. We're lacking goals at the moment. 
he seems to be a guy on form, uh, if anything. And I think shock to see is, to me, centre-half-wise. But I think Jamie McGrath definitely could be one to maybe have a lookout for if his performances continue in the same vein uh, for St. Mirren, particularly against the likes of the Rangers, Celtic and Aberdeen. Jake Doyle-Hayes uh, played very well in midfield there for St. Mirren as well. And their results started to improve following his signing. Could have been a coincidence they hadn't had only won one or two of their games before he joined the Buddies, and since then they've only lost one or two, and they're sitting comfortably in mid-table in the SPL after having looked nailed on to get relegated at the start of the season. With the opening of the transfer window in January, Jack Byrne has decided to go much further afield than anyone thought he might do, and was signed by Mick McCarthy to play for Apwell in Cyprus, and did make one appearance before the manager who signed him was sacked. Apwell have nearly had as many managers as seasons in the last few years, and uh, the, the new coach has put Byrne and fellow new signing Joe Garner on a separate training regime to get them both up to, to fitness. Byrne obviously has been brought into the squad by Stephen Kenny, but he hadn't really been given much of an opportunity to show what he could do for the new manager. I think he's played less than 20 minutes altogether since Kenny took over. The Cypriot League is ranked higher than the League of Ireland and Apoel have a reputation of playing well in Europe. So in that sense, it was a good move for the midfield player. But if he is playing in Cyprus, is it a little out of sight, out of mind? remember Killian Sheridan played against Barcelona in the Champions League but still couldn't get into the Ireland squad what do you think Phil? I don't know I'd like to think he he went there because of all the reasons you've given that they are a club generally that features in European competition in the group stages either in the Europa League or the Champions League and they, you know they're, they're a well known club we know who they are I don't know what many in Cyprus know who Dundalk are like We've seen Applewell in group stages against various teams. So I really hope he's gone there for that and not because McCarthy was manager. I don't think he did. Like, Byrne as well travelled. Like, he had his time in Holland and he's been in Scotland and all over England. So I think he wouldn't be afraid to make a move like that. And I think if he gets a, if he gets fit and gets a good run in, he could do okay. It's just the time in a McCarthy getting sacked. It's just it couldn't have worked out like for optics any worse. But once that's all kind of behind him and he gets a run of games, who knows? He could, you know, next year he could be playing in the Europa League. Time will tell. Time will tell. I would love to know if there was anyone else in for him. You'd imagine like he wouldn't have commanded the biggest fee or he wouldn't be on the biggest wages. Like maybe maybe the team in Scotland, maybe even or, you know, someone in League One. I'm sure there was interest, but obviously he, he's decided to go out there and, and good luck to him. I hope he gets a good run of games. And poor old Mick, I don't know, not to go on, but what I I remember before Mick came back the second time, I was all for it. And God, my opinion of Mick McCarthy has gone down so much, and I tried to remember all the good things he's done for us, but when he got sacked, I was kind of like, good enough, yeah. Do you know? I don't know why, but <laughs> maybe that's just me. I think he'll be okay. He is. Uh, he still has a solid reputation in England as a championship level manager, and you could see him easily taking over at somewhere like, say, Sheffield Wednesday or maybe Rotherham or, or Luton. You know, teams that are looking to consolidate their their position in the championship or 
and you know are looking for a safe pair of hands, you know, a manager who knows the who knows the division and knows how to stay in the division and with a bit of luck knows how to get promoted out of the division. We talked about the outfield positions, but you know, as we noted a few times last year, it, the goalkeeper is where we're lacking in players getting first team experience and Darren Randolph um has has appeared for West Ham in the Premier League and in the FA Cup uh, since then. Cuevin Keller has become the first Irish player since Owen O'Connell to play in the Champions League and the first Irish goalkeeper to keep a clean sheet in the tournament. Gavin Bazinu is doing well on loan at Rochdale, although they are in the the lower reaches of League One. And Bournemouth's uh, Mark Travers has now signed on loan for Swindon until the end of the season. So, Mark, it is a turnaround for our goalkeeping options in a very short space of time and probably a welcome headache for the new managers uh, as compared to all the other unwelcome headaches he's picked up in the last few weeks. Yeah, I mean, I think game time has been a key issue for us, particularly in the goalkeeping positions in previous podcast episodes. So, no, I'm delighted to see the likes of Mark Travers out on loan. Uh, I thought he'd make the breakthrough at Bournemouth this year. But obviously, with the change of management there, kept in-house, Travers really hasn't had a look-in. So, going to Swindon Town, I thought he was outstanding against Ipswich Town last weekend on his debut. And if he continues in that trajectory, I think, you know, there will be clubs after him, either in the Championship or even Premier League, for that matter, because I do rate him highly. Keller has been outstanding, you know, in his cameos. And I think Gavin Bazuno as well. I know he had an injury layoff there for a few weeks come back into the Rochdale team. Now, Rochdale have about two or three games behind everyone else due to COVID, the COVID outbreak in their camp. And even the four-all draw last night against Charlton Athletic, some of the goals that went past him were absolute worldly. So, look, he's he's acquitting himself very well in League One, which is a brutal league at the best of times for goalkeepers. You have to be so physically strong, you know, and he's a great shot stopper. And I think he's learning loads and great vibes coming from Rochdale. So, look, at lo- as long as these guys are playing regular first-team football. We do have Kieran O'Hara as well. He's had a bit of a stop-start season with Burton, but with Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank in charge, you hope the form might continue to go upwards. So, look, as long as guys are playing, putting their hand up for selection, I think Stephen Kenny will have, kind of, as you say, welcome headaches. You know, the worst thing can do is depend on Darren Randolph, who's, to, let's be fair, has had a few games in recent weeks and hasn't had to side down either, so... So as long as there's increased competition there, increased game time, sharpness, that's all we really want really from our netminders. Yeah, and that's something we want to talk about on the show is the performance of Irish players in England and Scotland and around the world and not about what might be going on behind the scenes uh, in FAI headquarters. I'd like to thank Mark and Phil for joining me to discuss this at such short notice. Uh, It wasn't something we had planned to do this early in the year, but like the old saying goes, uh, man plans and God laughs and the FAI do whatever they want. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, we look forward to discussing the performance of Irish players uh, in the run-up to Stephen Kenny's announcement of his first squad of the new year in March and we'll talk to you then. Okay. <laughs>